Welcome to the Steve Has a Chat podcast, where I call someone out of the blue with the record button on and hope to have an unscripted conversation about Microsoft business applications. Let's see how it goes. Enjoy. Hey, this is Charles Amana. Charles, Steve Mordu, how you doing? Good, good, great to hear from you, Steve. It's been a long time. It has been a while. Have you got some time for a chat? For you, anytime. I appreciate it. Well, uh, I guess the big news uh, for you, obviously, is uh, putting on the big boy hat, huh? Yes, I I moved up a, an extra floor in the Advanta building <laughs> in oh, the Microsoft you? campus. No, I'm just kidding, but <laughs> metaphorically speaking, at least, no, it, it's... Uh, yeah, because for folks that don't know, uh, James Phillips leaving uh, in March of this year yeah. um, kind of stepped in across all aspects of business applications at Microsoft. And over the last four years, I've gotten to to know the place, know the people, know the business. And I'm super excited about the opportunity. And I think the the future is, has never been brighter for business apps at Microsoft. Well, I don't I don't think that I never got the feeling that James held you back or any of the folks on your team back, mm-hmm. but he certainly you know, I have to give him a lot of credit for for really taking this thing to a whole nother level. I mean, you weren't here before, I don't think, at least in the business apps, but it was really run by morons before he took over. And and he completely turned that thing around and turned it into a whole nother business. And now with you taking over, uh, you know, I'm expecting that to continue. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if there's been some things that have been in your bag that you've wanted to do that James was kind of keeping you from that you're going to pull out or if you're just going to continue the path or... What's yeah. your thinking now that you've got that that gavel? So definitely not held back. I'm, I mean, I, I would say like uh, I was super fortunate. I worked for James for I think seven, eight years in total. So I was able to learn a bunch. And he was without a doubt the most supportive manager I, I've ever had in my career in terms of both enabling and clearing paths for what we wanted to do from a vision and dreaming perspective. Um, and if it weren't for his support, things like power apps would have never gotten off the ground so so definitely um and i think as we go to the future we have this amazing foundation i mean biz apps is a major and key component and pillar of the microsoft cloud 10 years ago you probably would have thought that's impossible yeah right to have dynamics and power platform (laughs) alongside azure and office like now that we're here we're gonna let's go take it to the next level and that's the push and it's continuing a lot of the great innovation we've already done from a data first ai first approach kind of sprinkling in some more collaboration with teams and really revisiting you know the end user experience the the platform to go increasingly modernize and scale it and make sure that all our our components from crm to erp to power platform work great together you know, I don't think it could have achieved that status with Dynamics 365 alone. It really took the, the, the power platform, you know, coming into being, I think, to give it the, the breadth that it needed to be able to get there. I mean, you know, with Dynamics 365, we didn't have, you know, apps for users to do small things or it, it was it, there's no way it was going to permeate an organization the way the power apps do. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And I, I think the it's also even, I say two things are interesting. The first is 
Power Platform has allowed us to help more users and more customers with business process transformation, which is what biz apps are all about, right? Yeah. How do you make your sales process better, your financial processes better? And Power Platform really turbocharged that. And that earned us credibility in a lot of those departments and with a lot of those users. And we have some great data about every user who adopts Power Platform is significantly more likely to adopt Dynamics within the next year or two. So we see that symbiosis working in a way which is incredibly customer friendly and uh, helps our business. Second thing is Power Platform has even helped us kind of reimagine parts of the Dynamics apps themselves. And I think probably two of the best examples are like the connectors, which are key to the Power Platform. You see the connectors starting to show up inside all these Dynamics apps, like yeah. Customer Insights uses Power Query for data ingestion, or um, Viva Sales even connects to Salesforce. You know, So there's this amazing interoperability that we have, and also enabling the end user. Like our team builds Viva Sales, even though it's not in the Dynamics or Power Platform brand, but it's this idea of having an integrated experience in Office for sellers, um, built on connectors, and built on uh, the office integration so it's changed the way we think about some products and it's also helped us go expand our user base yeah i saw i was on a uh, a pack call or a, a pgi call with that uh, yesterday very very cool stuff the, the viva sales um at the last pack meeting um i was supposed to be on the viva sales round table but i'm like yeah that sounds boring i think i'm gonna go to this one and i really i went to the wrong one i, I missed yeah. the good one but <laughs> yeah you know, uh, uh, you know where I am, right? I'm on the platform. So we've yep. got, and, and we're exploding. The Repstart is, is continuing to grow on the platform as a low-cost, simpler alternative to Dynamics 365 for companies that, you know, aren't ready for that. And I'm always bugging you about, hey, that cool new feature you guys got in the first party, when are we going to get that at the platform level? So ISVs and people that are just building their own stuff from scratch, mm -hmm. you know, could take advantage of some of those things. You know, we got the, the Outlook app a while ago. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we've been getting some things. And when I saw Viva Sales, that was probably my only disappointment was that, at least as I understand it, it's kind of hardwired to Dynamics and hard or hardwired to Salesforce. Mm -hmm. And I get that, you know, trying to play those two against each other, but you know, it's kind of leaving guys like me out in the cold. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd say, for, for Viva Sales, the intent is to support kind of any CRM. And and I really do mean that generally. Um, and even customers, because there are customers out there that we talk to today who have homegrown CRMs. You know, they've they coded it 15 years ago. They have a whole dev team still working on it. The idea is to support interoperability with your account records, your lead records, your opportunity records, you know, standard pipeline data. And to do that in a way which works through the connector. So today, it, or in V1, it'll only be sure. Dynamics and Salesforce, but the intent is to make that be a general purpose adapter. And you could have a, a rapid start connector, which shows up and supports the contracts that we want, and it would be connectable. I know that's not gonna happen like in the next three months, but that that's right. the ambition. Um, and I've kind of gone out and said, <laughs> what was that, in four months? calling you yeah. in four months. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I might not pick up the phone then and form it. No, I'm just kidding. But the, but the, because even talking about like if people are even on Siebel, we should be able to support them with Viva Sales. And because the idea is like you shouldn't have to uh, transform the seller experience at the same pace that you transform your core CRM, your core system of record. And that's just the way the world's moving. Well, I, I love the idea that 
you know, one of the challenges that CRM has always had, of course, is user adoption. It's one a more place they need to go to do something. Outlook app helped with that, uh, getting data into CRM without them having to actually go to it. And this is yet, it seems like yet another way for people to to engage with their CRM without actually realizing they're engaging with their CRM. Exactly. Yeah. It's almost like ambient adoption. Yeah, for sure. Sorry. Yeah, I say it's almost like ambient CRM. Basically, how do you make it so that instead of the user goes to your CRM, the CRM goes to the user where they are. And the Outlook app is like the beginnings of that. Some of the Teams integrations we've done are the beginnings of that. And that Viva sales and that whole Viva idea is how do you elevate it? So anywhere you go, your CRM data is accessible without you having to go to a different user interface. Very cool, very cool. So I ask you every time uh, we uh, have a chance to get on a call about you know, exciting features that are coming up, and in particular, maybe even some features that have launched that didn't take off the way you thought they would and, and people are just missing something. You know, people, mm-hmm. I mean, we have this problem with our app sometimes, you know, people don't understand uh, and, and so they don't move forward and it would be perfect for them. And I'm sure there's lots of features and capabilities that you guys, you know, broke a sweat building and know in your heart, this would be awesome, but people don't seem to be getting that. What's, what's a good example of one of those? I'd say a, a product which, We've had, I'd say we've had a capability where we've had a lot of customer usage from a small number of customers, but very deeply and with huge impact. And we wish we're with more customers. It's probably conversation intelligence. I'm yeah. not sure if you've seen that around the, the sales app and where that actually will sit in inside of, say, a phone call or a meeting and help you generate action items and summaries and kind of coaching and help you understand sentiment and listening and talk ratio. We've used that internally at Microsoft with great success. So our yeah. digital sales reps and the folks who work our phones, they are diehard fans. We have this amazing video we released a couple months ago where we actually went out and interviewed these digital sales reps and their managers, and they just were going on and on about how great it is. And that's rare where you hear that about a piece of technology for a seller. And we have a few other external customers that have gone through that same journey where they have a thousand digital reps, 2000 digital reps using this and just in love with it. But it's not as pervasive as we kind of thought it would be at this point. And it's one of those things where uh, it's a product discovery and kind of easing people into the capability because yeah. um, you got to go out of your way to enable it and configure it. So we're doing work now to simplify it and make it more accessible to more users and we're doing that partly through Viva Sales, like conversation intelligence is a major capability in Viva Sales. And the second thing is also, there's even some culture aspects to it because um, like if you use it, it's kind of generating transcripts and recordings of a call and not everyone's necessarily super comfortable with that. So we're even working about how do you enable more features without having to record the call and how do you enable capabilities without having to get a transcript or how do you make it more natural to say, hey, I have a kind of a sales co-pilot thing. Are you okay if I enable it? You know, so there's yeah. there's a lot of interesting things. Um, it's never just just a technology problem. It's also a discovery and a I'd say change management, culture management problem. Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of been the challenge with anything AI. Really, is it's uh, it it's to a lot of people it seems to maybe a little too futuristic. Uh, yeah. They, they look at the, the benefit and think that's really cool, but they have no idea how to get it. Uh, and AI just in general doesn't feel that approachable uh, to people, mm-hmm. even though 
in certain cases, it's extremely approachable. I mean, you don't have to do anything. It's approaching you, you know. Yep. So it, it's it's a it's a learning curve. You know, you got to wait till my generation dies off, and then you guys will. <laughs> I don't think I I I don't have as myopic a view as you, Steve. But I, I would say that the big thing that we have to do is there's kind of been this evolution of AI where it's you know the AI is going to be something that automates away what humans do, and what we've realized is that's AI is not even remotely close to being able to do that. But what AI can do is it can turbocharge the people that use it. And so what we're trying to do is how do we go expose these AI capabilities in a way where you or anyone else who uses them feels so much more productive. And yeah. just like when you first you know, got the ability to use a PC or a spreadsheet, you're like, how did I exist before? We're hoping we'll get to the point where once you start using some of these AI assistive capabilities like we've done in conversation intelligence, you'll be like, how did I ever do a customer call before? And I had to take notes on paper while yeah. listening as opposed but, to having the AI take notes for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm terrible about that. I'll, I'll be you know, chicken scratching over here while I'm talking to people and then we get off the phone and I look at it and I can't understand a word I wrote. <laughs> yeah, it's a time I like post-it notes, you know, next to my desk where I'm always writing stuff down. Yeah. So what else cool is coming on the horizon that we should be, uh, I mean, that sounds like uh, the conversational intelligence has been around. Sounds like Viva Sales is going to really bring that to the masses. Uh, yep. So that one's on a path. What, what's, what are some other new things that we mm -hmm. should pay attention to that, uh, that you're able to talk about? Yeah, another one of my favorite things, which we've started to reveal some capabilities going back to last Ignite, so November of 2021, and we have some big announcements planned for the second half of 2022 is the new contact center related capabilities inside of Dynamics customer service. We have omni-channel, we announced voice, uh, integrated voice, the Nuance acquisition closed and the Nuance contact center AI team joined my group uh, to align with customer service and contact center. So there's a lot of really exciting innovation happening there. And I'm really excited about the, the potential to make it super easy to get a comprehensive customer engagement story uh, yeah. without having to wire up eight different pieces of technology and do a ton of different complex integrations. So that's a place where there's a lot of innovation, there's new capabilities, omni-channel, power virtual agent, um, even the same type of conversation intelligence applied to support cases nuance for their gatekeeper which is identity uh, and authentication verification based on voice and biometrics there's a lot of cool stuff in that space um, and that's one of the places where so many of the customers we work with are trying to improve uh, the customer experience and to go reduce costs so i say that's a place where we've had a lot of exciting announcements over the last six to nine months and we have a whole bunch more planned for the next six to nine months so i say stay tuned and i won't say more than that to avoid getting in trouble uh, sure. by leaking information but um, i just say that's a place to really play close pay close attention who knew call centers could be cool <laughs> yeah exactly who, who would thought that i'd be talking about contact centers and how it's the next yeah. generator next tier and frontier of ai <laughs> applications in 2022 so oh well well i do have to thank you guys for the uh for the low code uh advances you've continued to make in that platform it actually allowed us to launch a I think we're the first ones to try this, a new service as a subscription, which includes, awesome. includes deployment, customization, training, every everything except um, development code, which mm -hmm. 
as you know today in so many of these projects there's little if any of that yeah just a few years ago if you tried to offer something like this it really would be little more than a support agreement but now i mean we're 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 deploying we're building we're customizing we're building entire things for customers all on a monthly subscription it's a it's an awesome. interesting uh, hopefully i don't go broke but <laughs> <laughs> but you know it it's fascinating i literally was talking about this with the power platform team this morning yeah. about a future where we'll have more partners who are able to sell kind of a comprehensive service agreement which yeah. includes the the cloud hosting licenses but also some incremental custom development and also ongoing maintenance and support and it'll be the almost this whole new industry which will kind of push a lot of innovation to to the edges of the ecosystem right not yep. built by microsoft built by partners who really understand particular regions particularly industries or particular segments like y'all targeting a space where we're not trying to go take dynamic crm and go bring it down there you can go build a world-class experience on top of our platform and provide a very much all-in-one which exactly serves the needs of that audience in that market and we can stay focused on building the super horizontal platform which yeah. is great performance great usability incredible power those types of things yeah it sounds great i'm glad that uh we had the same idea you guys did i'll let you know in a few <laughs> months if it was a smart one <laughs> time will yes. tell yeah so uh so how are the rest of the team doing i haven't you know mm -hmm. it seems like some folks have moved around a little bit uh yep. in in the org who's uh who's yeah. moved where yeah so one of the big things we've been really focused on on the engineering side for the engineering organization is bringing together strength from a product perspective that target the same type of user and like for example we have a a new customer experience platform team underneath lori lampkin yeah. who leads all of our dynamic sales apps so the core sales and viva sales as well as commerce as well as marketing as well as customer insights and it's very much focused on revenue generation customer journeys customer experiences yeah. and what's great is by bringing those assets together we have a great answer for b2b customers as well as b2c like if you want a self-service no-touch e-commerce experience with lightweight telesales you can do that all with those sets of applications if you want to do a high relationship, um, high touch B2B sales process, you can do all of that. You're not going to use commerce, but you're probably going to use customer insights and sales and maybe a little bit account based marketing. So we've kind of brought together these things which are solving similar problems under a single leader. And that way, the engineering teams can kind of go back and forth between these different places to finish out full end to end customer journeys. And so that's a big area that we've spent a lot of time on. Um, and that's a place where uh, it's really the biggest and fastest growing category for us in the Dynamics 365 application portfolio. So that's kind of one interesting example. Um, Jeff Comstock, folks may know him. He's been around Dynamics 365 for a while. He, he continues to lead customer service. He leads Omnichannel. He's done some of this great expansion around the contact center for us. Um, Ray Smith leads yeah. our supply chain team. Um, so that includes things like core supply chain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been, yeah, he, he came from by way of acquisition to SAP that moved. He worked in dynamic sales for a bit where people yeah. may have known him and now does supply chain and um, really helping us be this new data driven AI powered supply chain story uh, for core supply chain execution. 
Um, and we also had some exciting announcements around like Process Advisor and the Mina acquisition to help turbocharge that. Or Georg um, Glanschnig, who leads our finance room of the house. And basically that's, we call it the room of the house, is the collection of products which focus on serving the CFO and the finance department. Yeah. Uh, and that's very, that includes the supplier acquisition, which we had done a couple of years ago, as well as the core dynamics, 365 finance, HR, and project operations products. So you can kind of see how we started to build these critical mass around particular departments and particular lines of businesses with our products. Um, and in addition to that, we also, of course, have Power Platform, which support all of it. So it's kind of a, it's amazing to see these things come together and converge. And we've been this incre incredible run of innovation around Dynamics. Uh, I was counting it earlier this year, 29 different products in Dynamics um, and really kind of coalesced it around these specific areas where we have a lot of energy and also very well understood, I'd say, synergies between the products that we have. So. I'd say exciting times, um, uh, yeah. very exciting times. Cust customers are starting to understand it better also. You know, I mean, you you guys were, you know, business applications was kind of the same thing for a long time. And then it spent the last mm -hmm. five years, you know, reinventing itself every month and and, and new things exploding out of the out of Advanta. And I yep. think a lot of customers are having trouble just keeping up with, you know, you know, it's like a little whack-a-mole for them. And yep. it takes a little time for customers to absorb what's happening and what it's for, what it does, and then to adopt it. And, and mm -hmm. we're seeing that now. I mean, we used to have to go out and promote uh, power apps uh, to mm -hmm. people who didn't understand what, what this was or why it was. And now it's, it's the opposite. Everybody's coming to us looking, you know, looking at power apps, looking at those sorts of things. So that, that understanding seems to have finally permeated down to the customer level. But yep. boy, it took a while. <laughs> yeah. It warms my heart, and I, I would say one of my favorite books is uh, by Jim Collins, Good to Great. I always like recommend it to folks on my team to read it. And he talks about like this idea of the flywheel, yeah. like it takes time to get a flywheel spinning. Like for the first period of time, it looks like it's barely moving, but then eventually it's going super fast and it's just a blur. And you need to be consistent and convicted and believe in the strategy and the approach. And what's amazing about BizApps is for the last four years, we've been on the same mission the same vision the same ambition and we, we've just been all the folks in advance of turning that flywheel turning mm -hmm. that flywheel and it's it started to reach that blur phase where it's spinning so fast you can't even see it and this this all started years and years ago with a ton of work but we're really at that magical moment where customers know what power platform is customers know that microsoft gets customer experience and customer engagement they know that microsoft can help them optimize their supply chain um and what the good news is once that thing is going it really kind of builds upon itself and i think it'll yeah. only continue that momentum further and my favorite story is i used to always do these executive briefings at Microsoft where, you know, we have executives come in from other, from our customers to Redmond and we have a briefing center. It's very nice. And I would always say, let me talk about power apps and low code. And everybody give me a blank stare, like what the heck is power apps? What the heck is low code? Yeah. I go in those meetings now and people know what power apps is and they know they need a low code strategy. And the only question is how, not should I, or if, how do yeah. I do it with you, Microsoft? And so different from three years ago. Um, so anyway, so you're exactly right. A long-winded answer, but I'd say it's kind of exciting to see all of these things come together and the benefits of just consistent uh, repeating a, a message that resonates with customers. 
I, I would say at least three quarters of my customer calls today, they're, they're bringing up right out of the gate. We don't want any development. Mm-hmm. We want to do everything low code, no code. So yep. this is this is coming from the customer side where we used to have to explain to them what low code, no code meant. Now they're coming demanding, I only want low code, no code. Uh, I think, yep. you know, they've, they've come to this realization that, that well, you know, while low code, no code might not be easy enough for your mom to do, uh, it doesn't require a developer and mm-hmm. and code does require a developer. And once you've got this little blob of code in your environment, it's kind of a black box for you. Yeah. Uh, and, and and so they don't want any of these black boxes. They want everything yep. to be accessible. You, you, you use your knowledge to build us something complex out of low code, but then I can mm-hmm. still go back in there later and manipulate it, adjust it uh, myself or our team. Uh, so they mm-hmm. have absolutely bought into that. And I, I know we originally, a lot of us partners were concerned early on that this was going to, you know, reduce the workload for uh, for partners. Well, our workload is more than it has ever been. Although the developers on the bench don't stay as busy as they used to, we've kind of completely mm-hmm. pivoted the the team from developer heavy to now we haven't even got a good title for them. You know, citizen developer doesn't sound right when yep. you tell a customer that, but but <laughs> yes. citizen developers what we've got. You know, so yeah. this guy we found on the street or gal we found on the street, we just asked them to start building. No, but yes, no, it makes exactly. sense. Like there there is like there is almost this new role which is you need it's not just pure coding expertise it's technical like development concept expertise but even more importantly is business process and solution expertise and that's kind of the that fusion of those two skill sets that's the magic you know that's what makes it special um, because you understand it you know the one the, the challenge we have with this brand new model that we just launched because first of all it's it's, it's it, being the first one out there is not always good because people have no idea what you're talking about. They're trying to compare it to other things, you know, but yeah. we've got this little caveat that, you know, it's all you can eat, everything except development code. And trying to define what that is hasn't been easy. And, you know, you get these customers coming, oh, we got a lot of, we're going to need a lot of customization. So this, this isn't going to work for us. And so you may need a lot of customizations, but you don't need any development code. Yeah. And getting them to grasp that, you know, development code and customization are not synonymous, not even close. You know, exactly. Code is a very small component today of customization. And uh, once I think that they understand that, then then we'll probably see more partners coming into a model like this because it's a yep. it makes a lot of sense for customers, makes a lot of sense for partners. Yeah. And, and if you go look at building solutions that last a decade, yep. a, to your point, code is kind of this little black box, opaque thing which is hard to maintain over time if it's no code low code it's easy to open it up and reconfigure as business requirements change and it's how you build solutions that last and i think we're getting to the phase with with business software where customers are expecting to make long-term technology bets like you're not going to replace your crm every five years from now on i mean it's, it's like building manufacturing plants and warehouses these are big investments that you need to be able to amortize over a long time to justify and so i i think to your point it no code doesn't mean no flexibility no customization it also doesn't mean no agility it just means you're doing it in a different way so yeah, yeah. couldn't say it better myself all right cool hey listen i'm gonna let you go uh i really appreciate you taking the time out of your day here when i caught you uh, to chat with me about this stuff. Always fun talking to you, Charles. I'm going to call you in four months and ask you about Viva Sales for the platform. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> I've Sounds got that. Good. I've got you on um, record there. 
So yeah. really appreciate you taking the time, giving me a ring, Steve. Hope you have a great rest of the summer. All right, man. Have a good one. Yep. You too.